Before I come, the only way you cannot be troubled at a time like this is that you're just a selfish person and you don't care about anybody but yourself. I'm, I'm worried about some things and I just need to hear one of my favorite songs that in a time like this, we need, we need a word from the Lord. We don't need another political uprising. We don't need to be concerned with anybody trying to be on the throne. We need a word from the Lord. We don't need another political uprising. We don't need another conqueror on the scene. But what we need special words that will bond within our hearts and give us direction from above we Just one word from the Lord will move all doubts and cause the sun to shine and bring peace of mind. Oh, speak, Lord. Speak. Thy wisdom and thy understanding. 
Lord, we lack the very love shown in your Son. We lack the very love you Lord, we'd faltered in our ways, and we stand so much to gain. So give us your word, Lord. Give us your word. We need a word from the Lord. Just one word from the Lord. One word from the Lord. It will move all the doubts and cause the sun to shine and bring peace, peace of mind. Oh, speak, Lord. Well, speak. We need a word from the Lord. Just one word from the Lord. Just one word from the Lord. Will we move all the doubts and cause the sun to shine and bring peace of mind? Speak, Lord. Speak, Come with us now to New Testament Gospel Mark, Chapter One, verses four through eight. Mark, Chapter One, verses four through eight. And as you have the Word of God. Or if your ears are open to listen, won't you stand out of reverence for God's holy word? Listen now for the word of the Lord. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel hair with a leather belt around his waist and he ate locusts and wild honey. 
But he preached. He proclaimed. The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. And I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thorns of his sandals. I have baptized you with water. But he, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The word of God. Of God. Amen. You may be seated. Won't you pray with and for me now? God, as I stand before your beloved people, to speak a word from you, consecrate me now to thy service, Lord, by the power of grace divine. Let my soul with a steadfast hope that my will be lost in thine. Allow the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart acceptable in thy sight, O oh Lord. For you are my strength and you are my redeemer. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Let the church say, amen, amen, amen. Smile this morning. Smile. Aren't you beautiful? Let me see you. Oh, you're so beautiful. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, we're going to talk about opportunity of a lifetime. I don't care what's going on in the church of the world today. Today, there is an opportunity of a lifetime. And we're going to talk about it. Our Bible lesson this morning is about an opportunity and it's it's an opportunity that we cannot afford to not take advantage of. It is the opportunity of a lifetime. And it's represented by the coming, the birth, and the of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh, if you remember a few Sundays ago, we talked about John the Baptizer. We talked about Pastor John, who was Jesus' cousin. They had a lot in common. They probably played together. John's mother was Elizabeth, who he was a miracle baby, too. His mama was supposed to be to have any more children. Jesus was a miracle baby. His mama was a young teenager who wasn't married. Miracle baby. And his daddy, God himself. I'm telling you, there are women who know about miracle babies. They say, man, y'all know about 
about miracle babies. I'm one of my baby, the one next baby was 50 years had passed, and I had had some necessary surgeries to prevent future cancer. I was told I could never have any more children. Somebody, but God. I don't know about them oop babies. They're the blessing of the blessings. And they are the surprise of the surprise. My doctor told me I had this show is a and what he said, I was I was sick, Susan. Had the flu. I went back, I still had the flu. So finally, he said, sit down. I got something to tell you. John and Jesus and all of us who are, even if we were worked on, expected, we're all miracle babies, somebody said. John was being prepared to go and preach to the people and prepare the way for Jesus to come. And so, one of the ways that God prepared John was put John in the wilderness. The wilderness makes you ready for what God has planned for you to do. John knew that his life was not just about him, but about what God was going to do with him, the people called him John the Baptizer because he came to offer people the chance and the opportunity to repent their sins. It's an opportunity of a lifetime. Look at your neighbor and say, you better grab it. You better grab it. Beloved, much of the time we spent getting ready for some great life-changing opportunity to come along. For some of us, an opportunity comes when we are offered a promotion on our job. For others, opportunity comes when we can successfully change careers and pursue a new line of work. For others of us, it may be the change to take up residence in a new city, or a new area of the country or the world where we can do. But it does us no good for an opportunity to come along. And we not you, you got to be prepared in case the opportunity comes. You got to expect an opportunity in your life so you get prepared. That's why we tell young people, today go to some kind of training school because training school today is as important as a four-year college degree. You see, in America, we didn't change soon enough. We still have get kids going to four-year college degrees. They probably should have gone to a computer training school. Somebody say amen. Didn't keep up. So encourage kids, just, just get a training or a degree, something. Prepare yourself. Prepare yourself, young people, for the opportunities that will come in life. Well, that's what John is all about. He came. He came to get people ready for a life-changing opportunity. Get ready for the opportunity.
lifetime. Verse 4 says, John was in the wilderness calling for people to be baptized to show that they were changing their hearts and their lives and wanted God to forgive their sins. And so the question is, did John go to just a few people? Was that the, the Bible says, oh, verse 5, they make, the Bible makes it clear. John was preaching to the people about, you better get your straight. You better get your life straight because Jesus is coming. And when he comes, he ain't going to be playing. He ain't going to be messing around. You better fix your heart. You better clean out some of that mess. You better get ready. Jesus is coming. Oh, and the word says, everybody, good God Everybody in Judea and all the people of Jerusalem went out to the Jordan River and were baptized by John as they confessed their sins. I went to the Jordan River. I brought water from the Jordan and used it in baptisms. They went to the Jordan River and they world today that people don't want to own up and confess their sins. I heard someone say, and I've said this before, if they put a machine on the outside that would click every time a sinner came through it, <laughs> that machine would break down into And we want to act like we haven't sinned. We want to look down on people who've done the same stuff we did. But when they did it, it was sin. When we did it, it was just a mistake. Even if we claim that. All have sinned. Fallen short of the glory of God. I had my mentor pastor who was also a nationally known pastor. Uh, they had a clear him. One of his famous sermons was, check your ego at the door. John, check yourself. Jesus is coming. John prepared the people coming of the Lord Jesus Christ by preaching and baptizing, he preached to them that there was someone mightier and stronger than he was who was coming. But before that person arrived, they needed to make some preparations. Not in their intellect, not in their dress, not in who they were or where they had been. They needed to make some changes, some preparations in their hearts, in their spirits, and in their souls. Most of them 
hardened areas of makeup. Soul and spirit are the ones we ignore the most. Somebody say amen. Oh, so, so Pastor John began making preparations for Jesus to arrive by proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. You see, in that day when a king or somebody important or famous was coming to town, you made preparations. And he said, you better know something about this man who's coming. Because he's coming to separate the wheat from the chaff. That means he's going to separate the real from the fake. Jesus was coming to separate the good people from the bad people. And in order to be prepared, they must first be baptized in water and then repent of their sin. Someone said one day um, that a Sunday school teacher asked her class, say, is meant by the word repentance. See, Sundays ago we talked about a youth term. But they just say, what, what is meant by the word repentance? And little boy said, raised his hand. Teacher said, what is it? What is it? He said, repentance is being sorry for your sin. She said, that's good, but anybody else? A student raised, raised their hand and they said, teach. Repentance is more just being sorry. Repentance is being sorry enough to quit. You can't just be sorry for your sin. Stop. Stop. Do something different. That's why we're still having these problems in the world today. That's Racism is still alive and well. And let me say this. Let me say this. We got to stop wanting somebody else's sins, y'all. We got enough of our own. Black people and people of color can't be racist. Don't, don't let no. We listen to the world. We, we, we believe our enemy about everything. No, we can't be racist. Because racism is prejudice plus. Power. Hear me, somebody up in here. Prejudice plus power. When the businesses, the power in this country, be racist. Now we can be angry, <laughs> like we ought to be. Even break down. Say, I'm angry. I'm angry about, it, but I'm okay. Nobody ever let us be angry. But when you admit that you're angry and you say you're okay, you can move on and stop holding stuff in and tell speak power, speak truth to power. And so Jesus himself in Luke 13 and 3 that repentance was necessity for salvation. People have said to us they are sorry. But they haven't changed. <laughs> Ain't nothing really changed. In fact, it's gotten a little worse. See, we gave up the village. We just exposed ourselves to everybody. It's gotten a little worse, beloved. It's gone on high tech now. It 
chilling at a different level. It's alive at a different level. Because there has been no for racism. Old Testament, when you repented, you paid reparations. That meant you were repented for that. You made up for the sin you committed. I don't have to say anymore. Let me just. It's time to get real, and it's time to do something. It's time to prepare for Jesus is coming. Look at your neighbor and say, get ready, get ready, get ready. And what did Jesus do before? What did God do to, to prepare the way for Jesus? What did he do? He sent a preacher. You know, our, our, our denomination don't, don't like preaching too much. They'd rather hear music. They don't like no preaching. They don't really like preachers. Oh, yeah, some of our churches have a bad reputation. Shouldn't be talking about y'all. You don't want to go to that one, honey. That's a preacher-hating church. You don't want God to hear that. You, you don't want God to hear that because, you see, if you get God's sins, you get God's way. Somebody say Amen. Sent a preacher like he always did to the people. And so sometimes I sit back and batter about how great it would be if every time I preached a sermon, people would be in a positive way. Just, just think of how wonderful it would be if every time I preached about love, people would become more loving. Just think of every time I preached about supporting the church. Church people would begin to tithe. Give at least 10%. We got inflation now. That may have to go up. And give at least 10% of that money on a regular basis to the church. What if and every time I preached about faith? People would start believing that with God all things are possible. And every time I preached about the mission of the church, which is go and make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world, people in the church would make their number one priority. Go out and bring in their lost sisters and brothers house. What if? What if? Wow. My God. Tell me what would happen if the church would do what the church is called to do. You see, the church like to club it. You know, the church clubbing. You don't have to have a few people to club it. People, some of them got so much to do, they got about 10 different jobs. People would rather hear the name called than to call the name of Jesus. So, 
to do my job that they can't get a raise on their own job so they could give us more money. This is my job. This ain't your job. You want my job ain't your job? But you can't do my job because you ain't been prepared. See? And you ain't been called. So sit down. Let's start being the church of Jesus Christ and stop dealing with trivial nonsense things and get our house in order. Jesus is coming again. Plan. What would happen? I'm asking because we have not done what God told us to do. I truly believe the greatest churches in the world and that would certainly please God. Somebody say amen. God had a plan for Pastor John's life. I know God has a plan for my life and for your life. Therefore, we should not worry about it when we encounter hard times because, because God has a plan. When we, we shouldn't fall out for dead when the storms of life are raging because God has a plan. <laughs> Beloved, there's a mystery to living for Jesus, and it's that, it's that my life is more about him than about me or about you. Somebody say amen. I'm not going to say that. God says to us, sometimes it's me and I don't want to do that. God says to us, I know God says the plan I have for you. Somebody said we plan laughs. God says, I know the plans that I have for you. Plans to prosper and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and future. It's the opportunity of a life. John was sent to give the introduction of who Jesus was, even before Jesus began to preach. John said, someone is coming who is greater than I am. The one who is coming is the one who holds the answers to our problems and our difficulties that we face in this life. He's coming to save us from our struggles. He's, he's our salvation. He holds the key to our peace of mind. He comes with the salvation and deliverance we all should be yearning for. And the one who's coming has all that we need. Because most of all, what we need is to be saved. People, the world is so crazy. People talking about the world is coming to an end. I mean, what do we do? I say, you don't worry about it. What you do is you be saved. That's what you need to be. Because all of that is going to come. Are you saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost? If you are, don't worry about it. Because, beloved, do you know that salvation, you know what salvation looks like. You know what it is. 
to be saved when a drowning person is pulled from the ocean. That person's life has just been saved. When you give somebody CPR to a dying person and they begin to breathe again, that person has just been saved. When someone grabs a child on the street from an oncoming car, that person has just been saved. Well, 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 when we are sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, seeking to rise no more. Then the master of the sea, he comes along and saves us because Jesus is our Savior. And Jesus says, Jesus saves to the utmost. Jesus saves to the utmost. Jesus, now he will pick you up. Wherever you are, he ain't going to talk about pick you up. You can call on the Lord and say, Lord, I fell out and I can't. He'll pick you up. He'll turn you around. And then he'll place your feet on solid ground. Oh, hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, it's the opportunity of a lifetime. So, my beloved, we need to prepare the way for Jesus to come into our hearts. Even in the church today, there's just too much junk and clutter and dirt and mess. And, you know, the cleaner your heart is, the more room Holy Ghost to come. The church today, some things are being done that you find in the world. Deception and lies and greed and racism and sexism and ageism. I told somebody, look, don't mess with me. I'm carrying all three of them isms. I'm all the isms. Don't even try it. This one ain't the one. And there's a whole lot more just like me. In the church, arrogance and egos and stubbornness. I ain't been doing it this way. It sure didn't work today. Because if it worked, we'd have property filled with a church. Oh, Jesus Christ. Maybe thousands of people, if what you did yesterday had been working. Too much envy and jealousy, fighting over crumbs. I mean, preacher, I didn't expect to be recognized at all for nothing. And they called my name and they said, you know, Dr. you lift your stand. So I stood and people started waving. I was waving at them. Well, after that, one of the preachers came up to me. Everybody know that she a bully. Everybody know that. Don't nobody like her. Talk bully. You usually don't mess with me. I stand bullies. And I didn't been in Harlem and Compton. I know how to deal with a bully. Being in those two places took all of your people away. Help me up in here somewhere. <laughs> Whoa, Lord. So she walks up to me and she said, 
they called your name and you stood up, nobody could see you. I said, really? I didn't see you until people said, and that's some pointed at you. I said, oh. I said, made me like this because did you hear my name? Yeah, I heard it. I said, then you need to see me if you heard it. I have to be seen and people hear my name. Hearing my name is good enough. And I think I'll talk to them about because they need to call your name. You need to be seen and heard. She just kind of walked away. I'm not the one anymore. I'm not the one. I am not the one. Oh, you didn't see me, but you heard my name. All right, don't try it on me. Fighting. Oh, crumbs. That's done in the black church in this denomination. We just be ignorant, hating on each other. What fighting over? You ain't got nothing. We fighting over crumbs. I don't want what you got. You ain't got no more people than I got. I ain't jealous of Kirby J. Caldwell with 2,000. I'm so jealous. I'm proud of him. I'm proud of anybody who's a disciple of Jesus Christ. That's who I want to like. I ain't envious of him. I just want to stick around him so some of that will rub off on me if association brings about assimilation. That's why all my friends got bigger churches than me. I'm just hoping. Fighting over crumbs in a denomination filled with empty churches. Things are not good enough today. They're not. We need to be busy making some serious changes. Church, church. We need to be getting. Old as gold, but this is what I know. I'm too old to be playing around. Too old to be foolish. Too old to not be wanting to go where God wants me to go. Too old to need to be seen in front of ten people. How oh, I'm going to be seen, hope it's hundreds of thousands. I'm talking about what I know because I've pastored these churches. Beloved, if the president of the United States is sick as he is, came with Pacoima, don't you know that all kinds of preparations would be made for his coming? And yet he can't offer us the opportunity of a lifetime. If Snoop Dogg and Beyonce or Diana Ross or whoever come into Pacoima, all kinds of preparation would be made. None of them can offer us the opportunity of a lifetime. Oh, my beloved, God is offering us a great opportunity today. But we need to get ready to receive it. 
God ain't coming into our hearts as messed up as our hearts are. We need to be cleaned up and changed from the inside out. I'm going to take advantage of this great opportunity. I'm going to look in, into this old heart of mine, and I'm going to change myself. So, oh, yes, I am. I told somebody, you know, God is give the ability Somebody need to know what I'm talking about. I didn't got a new God's ain't with me yet. I thank God for fixing me up. You got to take the old car to the shop. You got to get some new car. You got to get oil every three months if you want the car to last. If long, you got to go for your checkups if you want your body to last. We need to check our hearts. We need to check our We need to check our love for our neighbor. I'm going to look into this old mind. I'm going to change my filter. Because I know that my heart has taken in some residue of my pain. Some residue of my disappointment. The residue of my fears and my doubts, my weaknesses, and my shortcomings. You better get ready. You better get ready. Jesus come. He came as a baby. At 12 years of his life, Mary was fixing him up to go into the world. And now he's a man. God sent John to prepare the way for the ministry of Jesus to the people. And John is saying, first, you got to be baptized and repent of your sins. I tell you, my prayer, Jesus, clean me. So you can use more of me. Clean me up, Lord, so that I can get closer to you. Restore me, put in new parts. Clean up the yuck and the dust out of the dirt. All up my squeaky parts. Make me over. Make me over. Should never get too old to not change and be made over. Make me over. I know you can do it, Lord. I'm getting closer to the other side, so I ought to be more flexible to you, Lord. I, I, I fix me, Lord. Fix me, Spirit of the Living God. Full and fresh from you, Spirit of the Living. Melt me and mold me. Fill me. Use me. The question ourselves, churches, what is all this preparation for? Why am I cleaning all up? Why am I going to all this trouble to fix my heart? Well, here's the answer. Verse 8, Pastor John says, I have baptized you with water. Washed you all up, 
baptize you with water. And you have confessed your sins and repented. You are now forgiven. Now ready for the next step. Because the next step is an opportunity that you are now prepared to take. You're now qualified to receive it. Pastor John said, I have, I have done my job. I preached to you. I baptized you. All but the one. All but he. Meaning that he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. I don't care how cleaned up you are. You ain't got no power without the Holy Spirit. So take advantage of this opportunity because you're ready. Don't stay where you are. Take advantage of this opportunity. Don't stop. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't think you have all you need. There's always more of this opportunity. So, my beloved, we need what Jesus has to give us today. We've been baptized in the process of cleaning up, fixing up. We need to do all that. So The Holy Spirit. He can come into our hearts. So in this year of 2019, what Jesus has to offer us. And that is the willingness to be obedient to the will of God by being filled. the songs that stood out at worship last week was phenomenal. The preaching was heavenly. And then this song rested on me. You know what we need today in the church of Jesus Christ? In our hearts We need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, people have sat in church all their lives. And then I feel with the Holy Spirit. Sitting in McDonald's won't make you a Big Mac. Sitting in church won't make you have the Holy Ghost. You got to take advantage of that. You got to say, we need, we need. So anointing, anointing for me, on me. If I had a cup, I wish I could pour it in you, but I can't. You got you to do it for yourself. Anointing fall on me. 
take advantage of the opportunity of a receive the baptism of the Spirits. 